know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Hey, this is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor with the Phantasm Podcast, and today I have a very, very special guest. We've got Danny from Cradle of Filth, uh, amazing band. We're going to be talking about their tour. Uh, they're going to be doing uh, touring stateside with Danzig and uh, also doing some headlining shows, and we're also going to be talking about their latest release, um, which came out last year, which is fantastic. Uh, came out Nuclear Blast Records. And of course, I am talking about uh, existence is futile. Danny, how are you doing, my friend? Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, a little bit jet lag, but uh, I'll survive. Well, we're so happy uh, that you're over in the states about to do this amazing tour. Uh, uh, and yeah, uh, I don't even where to start here. Uh, let's let's talk about this tour package. Uh, you and Danzig. Uh, uh, had how did that come about? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're probably a Danzig fan as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Been a Danzig fan pretty much all my life. Uh, Misfits, Sam Hain, love his other stuff other than just his you know, self-titled releases. Right. Uh, erotic and uh, erotica and his subsequent uh, other little movie endeavors, his comic series. Yeah, I, I think it's a great opportunity. Don't ask me how it came about, really, because I think our booking agent just said, hey, I know you're a dancing fan. This has just been uh, put forward. Are you up for it? And um, it's a strange little tour. I mean, so I think he's soon playing like 10 dates, right. two of which have an additional Tiger Army playing because he's... Um, uh, Danzig, that is, is undertaking the entirety of his second album, Lucifuge. Um, and so, subsequently, to make it us worthwhile getting over to the States, and we almost didn't, and I'll tell you more about that in a second, we've had to um, uh, do some filler dates in the US and Canada, which is great because you know, we get to headline and sure. we're also playing some places. Oklahoma City, which we haven't played for absolutely yonks. So, um, very much looking forward to it. We've got three days here rehearsing in LA. Um, I mean, I should be there now, but I'm not. You're not taking my time away. The drummer's not even here. His <laughs> PCR test, because yes, all that, all that rigmarole still has to go on. Sure. He didn't come through when he was in Vienna in Austria. He was traveling with our guitarist. The guitarist got his PCL and met me in London to fly yesterday. Right. Um, but the drummer is still there. He's flying this morning. We should be picking him up from LAX about two o'clock this afternoon. But yesterday, when I arrived, I had a bit of a problem getting into the country because years ago, um, uh, we had to give a visa back because it took so long to turn it around because it was Christmas and New Year's etc right. that we were too, we were afraid that we were going to let everybody down um, and you know 
promoters and everything had to know that there's a big strong possibility that we weren't going to get these visas in time, which we didn't. So we cancelled them, but it now flags up every time I go to the States as a refusal, an entry refusal. Oh, shit. Despite having a, a B2, which is a business visa. Sure. So, yeah, I dragged off to a secondary passport control thing. And yesterday was the worst it's ever been. I was three hours waiting for someone to look at my passport and say, fine, carry on. At which point, obviously, our guitarist was sitting with my luggage um, in the airport, just going, what the fuck is going on? Right. Um, it was getting to the point where I was like, oh, I can't be bothered if I can get in or not now. I'm just so pissed off with it. And, uh, yeah, border control, they're not the uh, most pleasant of people. They, they really are quite rude. When you come to a country, you expect, you know, as ambassadors of said country to be welcomed with smiles and, and nice words, you know, maybe flowers. <laughs> but, but no, you just get shouted at a lot and um, attitude. But I'm grateful that I'm in. I'm glad you're here too. And yes, as speaking from someone that came in from Mexico back into this country, they treat us the same way as do our law enforcement. There's some scary folks out there. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. Um, it's, yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was awful. I live in Florida, so if I go into Mexico and come in, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking mess. It's, so I, I can only imagine what that was like when you're having to fly that far. And then you're right, they should be more like ambassadors and they're not. They're more like uh, Gustavo. But yeah, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That's awful. But we're excited as hell that you're here. It's awesome. And thank you for doing this again. This is so cool. Um, as far as uh, the, the latest album, uh, what type of, uh, like, when did, when did the writing process on that begin for you, for, for Existence is Futile? Um, well, whilst we were on the road in 2019, it was the busiest year that we ever had, I believe. Okay. We, 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 were, we were touring everywhere, but we still managed to get um, some writing done, and once the touring finished, we were very lucky in respect that our touring finished just as COVID kind of broke. Um, so we've done all our welds, you know, we've been out for three years in support of our previous record. Right. And the, re uh, the, 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 the re-mistress version of Cruelty and the Beast as well. And we literally, like I said, we've been everywhere that year. So we actually sort of retired from that, gone with the record and fortunately just before the lockdowns hit in Britain we were able to fly, fly our drummer over from the Czech Republic so we had the backbone of the album um, Ashok the, the other guitarist who lives in the Czech Republic didn't actually make it to England until the summer um, like five months later after we started the record okay. and we weren't working we were working like five hours a day five, six hours a day it was very relaxed I wish that could happen again I don't believe that will ever happen again um, and so it gave us plenty of time to sort of reevaluate and try new things and yeah, just generally chill out. So the first part of the lockdown, uh, the first year of COVID was great for us. The second year, I just got bored as hell because it's like, <laughs> right. I want this to go. And we were, we were very fort uh, fortunate in the fact that we managed to be one of the few bands that got over to the States last year, despite the massive COVID protocols in place and uh, we had to get special visas to cross us uh, an arm and a leg literally um, 
and we managed to, despite both support acts contracting COVID during the course of the tour, oh. we managed to do all of that. So, yeah, it was a real labour of love and very appreciative of the fact that we had that chance during, you know, whereas a lot of other people were just sitting at home going, what the fuck am I doing? Right. <laughs> Well, the the album is is fabulous, and um, as far as lyrically, was it was there a different approach for for existence is futile than the, the previous records? Well, there's always I always favour the the gothic romance. So there's a, there's a few tracks on that that are quintessentially cradle, but overall, yeah, I think it's a little different. It's a bit more modern in context, a bit more socially aware, um, without sounding like we've. we've become um, a punk outfit um, I just thought that this record just it wasn't born out people said oh my god you've, you've written about the apocalypse you know it's got to be about COVID it's like well I think we just have one apocalypse after the other nowadays right um, obviously with the Ukrainian war going on or the present and, sure you know the threat of nuclear uh, extermination is ever more you know, it's worse now, I think, than during the Cold War and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Amen um, to that. that was... You were right on on that. So, I tell you, you and I are similar in age. Growing up with that, I think a lot of younger people don't realize how scary it is to revisit it again. I don't know how it is for you, Danny, but God, it's it's freaked me out. <laughs> it's like... Well, yeah, yeah, well I, if you've ever seen the BBC um, TV series about Chernobyl, and that was what... Um, 82, 81, yes. whatever. Yes. I rewatched that recently, like prior to this war break. And I was like, when I say recently, it was last year. And uh, that totally freaked me out. Um, about, because I remember it happening and not being that. I was young, so I, it didn't dawn on me how disruptive it would be to the planet. But there was one point where they had to act, they literally had to get summon the army in and sacrifice them knowing full well they were you know they got more pay and free bottles of vodka etc right. but they knew that they were fucked because the radiation was going to kill them all um, but if they hadn't have done that and managed to, to keep the, the, the explosion under you know the, the damage under control the leak half of Europe would have been completely devoid of vegetation Oh my God! So imagine what the exodus of people would have done to the to the planet. Sure, it would have been insane, and that's just one. They had like another eighty six or something different nuclear power plants, and now we've got the biggest nuclear power plant in Ukraine. It's right in the midst of the fighting. Ugh. So it takes one stray missile, one idiot. It's just terrifying. I'll tell you a movie. I'm, I'm going to have to check out the, the documentary you just talked about. I've never seen I'm going to have to check that out because it'll scare the hell out of me. It's not a documentary. It's, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a three-part TV series, and they've made it look so 70s. That's uh, early 80s, late 70s. Okay. It's, it's fantastic. The BBC-wise, it's just called Chernobyl, but it's terrifying. One for you to watch, if you've never seen it, was an ABC original movie from 1983 called The Day After. If you can get your hands on that, check oh, no, it I've seen that. I've seen the <laughs> British version. It scared me half to death as a kid, Danny. I was so scared. Like, seeing that, I was in, like, third grade. It's like, oh, dear God, this was the Sunday night movie. You know, like, the week before, it was like a Bond movie or uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And this week, it's like, no, it's it's we're all dying of a nuclear winter. It's like, <laughs> it's just, 
you know. Yeah, there was that. We had a British version called Threads. Oh, okay. Uh, and I watched it on. I watched it on holiday with my my dad, and yeah, that's that's fucking terrifying. It is uh, very scary, and if it, it's oh, it's scary. Um, yeah. As far as production on Existence is Futile, was uh, anything different on this record for you? Um, well, we recorded with the same people. Okay. Same studio. Well, I think we believe we used a lot of different equipment. Um, we're trying to strip it back and not make it so overly, overly fiddly and um, uh, just try to get bring the songs out as right. much as possible. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're playing, you know, extreme black metal or heavy metal or reggae or whatever. At the heart of an album, it's got to be, you know, good, catchy songs. Right. And that was from the off was to to, to, to bring this album um, kicking and screaming into you know people's perspective with a with a big sound and uh, a kind of new um, improved sort of outlook on the band new lyricism you know like so like I said a little bit more modern in context right um, without betraying our roots without betraying things that you know that make Cradle of Filth Cradle of Filth um, and that gets trickier I guess for most bands you know having to bring out a new record um, as soon as you finish a record you're like cool let's write a new one but it's not as easy as that and when people also ask you like oh well, yeah you really should do an album that sounds like this oh we love Dust you should do another it can become very contrived I, I believe Tom Araya said the same thing of Rainy Blood that there would never be a Rain of Blood too, because he was born of circumstance. He was born of a thousand different things. Right. Um, when they recorded it, who recorded it, what they were playing, how old they were, what they were, you know, what undue influences surrounded them at the time, etc., etc. And if you go, a lot of bands try and do that to try and replicate another band's sound. I mean, God, how many Sabbath worship bands are there? <laughs> right. Um, think, yeah, it comes. It, I, I find a lot of it very contrived because if you read anything about the background of Sabbath and that, again, it's all about circumstance and stumbling upon ideas, not trying to recreate them. Right. Well, this album is fabulous, uh, and with all your records, I love to listen to them in the car. I still buy CDs. I listen to it in the car and drive around and just kind of take the whole album in. It's 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 really really cool. Uh, um, and then. To talk a little bit more, just briefly, about the existence is futile, can you tell us a little bit about the cover art? Yeah, it's based on Hieronymus Bosch's The Garden of Earthly Delights, oh. which is an incredibly famous uh, painting. And we've written about that in the past. In fact, I studied it when I was at uh, school for my um, dissertation okay. and my final dissertation. And... Um, the artist, Arthur Bazinch, who has supplied the artwork for the last three records. So we kind of saw the last three records as as a trinity. Gotcha. Um, and more, yeah, that will become more clear in, in the future. Um, but he, his interpretation of the title and the lyricism was this idea of just doing a different version uh, a more skewed um, 
hellish, but well, I don't know if it's more hellish. The original was pretty hellish, but yeah, variation. Um, it's taken like the hawk headed god from the third um, panel, which represents hell in the original picture, and combine that with demons, tortured humans, and uh, it's you know, it's all about symbolism. There's a Tower of Babel smoking in the background. Um, we wanted to go, we specifically asked him for that colour scheme as well. Um, wanted very vibrant and um, in your face. Um, yeah, I think he did a wonderful job of it. I love it. Oh, it's beautiful. It's it's a, all of that art has been of uh, the uh, past couple records has been awesome. Yeah, but it's really it's over the top. It's wild. I love looking at it. I was uh, looking at it last night. Um, it's 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 wonderful. Um, and as far as um, with so many albums now to go back to the tour, um, especially on the headlining sets, is it hard to make a set list that you feel like? Uh, you know, pleases you and the band and the fans, or is or is that something that you just kind of just fuck it? This is it. This is what we're doing. We're gonna play a lot. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to say that fuck it. That's when it is. <laughs> uh, right. It is considerably difficult and more difficult with each and every album because you've got to pay tribute to your fan favorites, past releases have a, a nice smattering because you're always in your head thinking God if I went to see a band they were just playing I, I still made it when they played the whole matter of life and death and then they just had five five songs from their whole back canon right and I was so disappointed that fuck I had to sit through all that record just to hear Hello Be Low Name and then I had to leave anyway <laughs> right because I was uh, on the guest list and uh, it was uh, this massive arena and I had to get backstage before everybody left so yeah I didn't even get to see all of that um, so we're very aware of that scenario and the new record has to be played but on this tour it's, we've got three different um, sets basically we've got a 490 going on 100 minutes set for our uh, personal headline shows right. which quite if you know we, we've, uh, we've got a bunch in US uh, and some in Canada it's amazing um then we've got a 50-minute set, which is the, 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 the set that we do with Danzig. But there are two shows that Danzig's doing where he's playing Lucifuge in its entirety, and he's invited another band called... Um, I actually can't remember what they were called now. Tiger Army, Tiger Army, that's... Gotcha. So both of those sets, uh, we're playing 40 minutes. So, yeah, it's been tricky. Um and our songs aren't the shortest of songs either. If we were like Bad Religion, there wouldn't be a problem. We'd be like, yeah, cool. We'll just play 70 songs or 80. But that's not the case of us. Um, so, yeah, in answer to your questions, it gets more and more difficult as time goes on. It's, um, it, it would have to be hard because you all have such a vast catalogue too because you figure you're, if you put one song in, you're retiring another and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I would imagine it's quite difficult to do that before a tour. <laughs> And we, we are playing a couple of songs we haven't played for ages. And uh, I just have this thing where I get total mind blocks. I'm like, I know everything off by heart. And then it comes to a new song and it kind of throws my equilibrium. And I find it, right. even though I read the lyrics again, I wrote the lyrics, they go from my head 24-7. I still find it really hard to remember the bloody things. I always find it real panic. 
Um, and uh, this time is, is no different, I'm afraid. There's two songs that we're doing that we haven't played for a, a long, long time. Oh, well, that's exciting. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, obviously, seeing you guys' headlines awesome. Seeing you with Danzig, it's amazing as well. Um, I wanted to ask you, we do a lot of horror stuff here at Phantasm. Um, I've always wanted to ask you this. Never got to meet you or anything. So thank you again so much for doing this interview. It means so much to me. Um, can you tell me a little bit about working uh, with Doug Bradley? fantastic i always love um talking with doug i'm hoping to be doing some of the horror conventions in the states next year with him uh as i recently just did his podcast down to hell yeah uh, yeah yeah about about six weeks ago uh, it was enormous fun um i think doug we've worked with doug like five six times now yeah um, it's awesome where uh, my office into a, like a studio so he could do his vocal set but that was kind of surreal having you know Pinhead in my house um, it's great yeah without without calling him in, in, the, in, the, in, in the in the customary fashion um, but no he's a lovely guy and I love talking to him because he's one of those people who can just keep talking and talking and talking and I'm sure people bored the shit out of people on the podcast because we just didn't stop uh, we were going for it for about two and a half hours. It's amazing. Um, and it always brings up new, more enlightening things. And I'm always finding out more stuff uh, about him and his involvement with his movies and Clive Barker, etc., etc. So um, one remarkable time was um, we were on tour here. I think it was like 2006. Might have been a bit early. I think it was 2006. And we were in Baltimore. And I had to go to a radio station with the bass player to, um, well, just do a radio show. Sure. And the guy said, did you know there's a, there's a big horror convention here today? And uh, it's the Hellraiser reunion. I'm like, no fucking way. No way. So I went there. I'm out with everybody. Um, and then Doug came to the show later on. And it was just incredible. It was just, uh, yeah, one of these strange things where uh, fate just fortunes. Yeah. Can you real quick tell me how you met him the first time and what that was like meeting Doug? Well, the, well, the first time was basically um, Midian. Okay, um, right, sure. For the the, the the Nightbreed theme, yeah, right. Yeah, so uh, I mean, he played the character Lulzberg, which is like the, the, the high priest of yeah. Baphomet in Nightbreed. He also, there was the connotations and. Uh, um, and uh, attributing factors surrounding Clyde Barker and his, you know, canon of work. So yeah, we our manager approached him, and yeah, he, he took the work. And we were actually spoke about this the other day because he said that our manager said to him, "There's not a whole lot of money in it." And he said, "That's the story of my life." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, yeah, so I remember we. It was a beautiful summer's day, and we went down, and we were recording at this um, big studio where you kind of went to live. Uh, we were at our own chalets and everything um, in the south of England in a place called Battle. And um, we went down to the local pub and sat there and he was giving us all these great anecdotes and everything. And it was just, yeah, it was marvellous. It was just uh, one of those like things where you just go, I fucking love my job. Well, I mean, 
you guys being such a amazing band and then you, you getting to work with him. I mean, it's just how cool is that? I mean, it's like, like you said, it's like Pinhead in your house. It's in, <laughs> it's it it's, yeah. it doesn't get much better than that, you know. Um, well, like I said, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today, guys. Cradle of Filth is touring. Uh, they're out with Danzig. They're going to be doing headlining shows. Go see them. Uh, buy some stuff. Their latest album, uh, Existence is Futile, is available now from Nuclear Blast Records. And Danny, thank you so much. I hope we can do this again sometime. It's amazing talking with you. Absolutely. My, 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 my pleasure. Seriously, I would love to do this again sometime. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Hopefully we can do this again soon. I would love to, sir. This was awesome. I loved spot. I love the band. This is so cool. Uh, I'm so excited to see you guys. It's amazing. And good luck with everything. And thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you. Take, Take care, care, my friend. Bye. Good luck. Take care. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm.